You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. On this morning, the book of Numbers, and we're calling your attention to Numbers, and again, we want to consider Numbers chapter 13. If you have had an opportunity to listen to uh, Wednesday night's Bible study, I recommend that you continue, amen, to um, hear that word and allow it to become a part of your total being. Uh, We ministered a word on the enemy of faith. We talked about the enemy of faith. And so if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to it, then you are behind. You are behind because you need to hear that word. And for many of us, I have often said it, but it uh, bears repeating. When you know a word speaks directly to you, when you know a word speaks directly to your situation and what you're going through, sometimes we make the mistake of only hearing that word one time. We hear that word one time. That word will do a lot to us. That word will speak a lot to us. And then for some reason or another, we just simply, we let it go. We let it go. I heard it. I tried to receive all that I could from it. But listen to me. It's important when a word speaks directly to your situation that you continue to listen to that word over and over again as much as God uh places within you to hear that word you continue hearing it listen until it becomes a part of your total being there are certain messages that i may listen to three to four times because of how god continues to speak to me through that one message amen and sometime again we'll leave church and we'll be excited about the word coming But we are blessed in the sense that the word is uploaded for us, whether that be on YouTube, Facebook, or the church podcast, where we can just continue to get that word in us. And through your iPhones and such, Androids, you can download the message directly in your phone for free. So that means on your church break, in your bedroom, or wherever, you can just listen to that word that has such a major impact on your life, and you are not limited to how many times you hear that word. Come on, somebody. Now, some of you looking at me like I'm strange, but you haven't seen certain movies two and three times. Come on, see, Ned's sitting there, Ned's sunk then. Some of us done seen two of you. You'll tell a person about the movie, and they say, I'm going to see it. Well, I'm going to see it again with you. I thought you were saying, yeah, I'll see it again. It was that good. It was that good. But see, nothing compares to the word. Nothing compares to the word. Come on, and what I'm saying right now, it's life-changing for somebody. Because you're actually going to put this into action. You're going to start getting that word in you until, again, a word that speaks to you becomes a part of your total being. Note again, Numbers 13. I want to look at verse number 1 and verse number 2. And then I want to drop down to verse 27. Then we will read from verse 27. We will conclude reading at verse number 33. So the book of Numbers is in the Old Testament. And, of course, I'm reading out the New King James Version. We're going to read Numbers 13, verse 1 and 2. We're going to then drop down to verse number 27. And we're going to conclude reading at verse number 33. Notice what the word of the Lord says in Numbers 13 and 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, see, I'm going to somewhat be in the same vein I was Bible study. 
See, that's really it's important to hear the word so that as God begin to tie these messages in, we, we, we are getting even greater clarity or greater understanding of what a particular subject that he is speaking to us concerning. Again, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. This is, of course, the promised land. Notice very carefully his wording, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. Notice, and the Lord spoke to Moses. He gave Moses instructions. According to Malachi 3 and 6, the Lord changes not. And so the same way God used Moses to give instructions to his people, God still today uses bona fide men of God to give instructions to his people. Notice the instructions carefully. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. The Lord said there is something special about this particular land. What is so special about the land, Lord? Well, I am giving the land to the children of Israel. It's important, Moses, when you send the men, send a man from every tribe, everyone a leader among them. They're going to be leaders. I want them to spy the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. If you're taking notes, you may want to highlight or underline or make some type reference to I am giving. I am giving. I am giving this to them. Verse number 27. So they have spied out the land. And then in verse 27, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. Here's their report to Moses. They have went to the land that you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And so they're describing the land as being fertile or fruitful, yet there are giants in the land. Notice their report is clear that, that these giants are basically dwelling everywhere. We've seen them in the south. When we look to the mountains, we've seen them. Along the sea, we saw them. Along the banks of the Jordan, we saw them. 
In other words, there is nowhere that we can just move in that they have not inhabited as their own. In other words, they letting God know we saw no room for ourselves. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. I just talked about that. And the people whom we saw in it of men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And watch. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Go on and put yourself down. And so we were in their sight. But notice in verse 2, God said, I'm giving you the land. But in verse 31, the men said, we are not able, basically, to get the land. God said, I'm giving you the land. But his own people said to him, basically, that he was a liar. And so I want to teach on the subject this morning. Don't call God a liar. Look at your neighbor and say, the subject this morning. Don't call God a liar. Look at one more person with a bold face and tell him another subject this morning. Don't call God a liar and then shout this again. Can we give him a praise? Can we give him a praise for the subject? Don't call God a liar. When we talk about God, the Hebrew word for God is El. El, when you look at it from a plural or from a generic standpoint, the Hebrew word for God again being El can be seen as being anyone who thinks or feels that he or she is a God. El, it's a plural, it's a title. And again, whenever you search the scriptures, you'll see that when it came to names such as Pharaoh, the name Pharaoh was, again, a title, listen to me this morning, for a man who felt he was God. And so when you look at, again, the Hebrew word El, this is a reason in the scripture so many times we'll see the word God, but we'll often see lowercase g. Because what the Bible is allowing us to know, that in that reference where the name God is mentioned, 
it is not referring to the God of the Bible. But a lot of people, when they would worship false images, hear me this morning, they would consider their images to be their God. They would consider it to be their ale, their God, the one to whom they look to. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but I said that when men look to others as a God, they would not limit this to a male or a man. Because there were many people in the scripture who worshiped goddesses. They worshiped women whom they thought was a God, like the Queen Diana and such. And, 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 and what is baffling to me, or it really shouldn't baffle me, but it amazes me, is that the Bible is correct when the word teaches that there is nothing new under the sun. Even as men in the days of old had their own gods, likewise in the time in which we live, men still choose not to serve the most high God or the God of the Bible. Come on somebody. They will not even choose to separate God from these false idols. But I come to preach and teach right on this morning that there is no one like our God. Oh, I should have got more amen, more clap, more praise for the most high God. Come on here, somebody. I know somebody may talk about what their false God can do, but don't ever compare your false God to the living God, to Yahweh, to Jehovah, to Jesus, Yeshua. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that there are two or three or twenty gods. There is yet but one God. Oh, I need some preachers to help me out. Look at somebody and say, there is but one God. Oh, you need to shout it to somebody else. There is but one God. And if it be true, look back and tell me, and I serve him. You better make that person up. He is my God. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my protector. I know what he did for Moses, but I'm serving the same God that Moses served. I'm serving the same God that Abraham served. He was Abraham provider, and he's yet my provider. Some of y'all ain't getting happy. I'm wondering, do you serve the most high? When you serve the Most High, there's no need to worry about nothing. I said nothing. No thing. Because He alone inhabits the throne. He is creator of all creators. He's Lord of lords. He's King of kings. He's Alpha. Come on somebody. He is Omega. He's beginning and He's in. He is the one who was, who is, and is yet to come. Something wrong with people don't get excited when you preach about their God. You mean to tell me you don't get excited? You don't want to move when somebody get to preaching about the God that you serve? I thought you credited him for where you at. I thought you credited him. For why you no longer addicted to crack. I thought you gave him the glory. (laughs) 
Be seated. But see, you don't hurt my feelings when you patty cake God. That's something between you and him. That shows how stale some of you have gotten. But see, I want us to understand one thing about our God, the Most High. And that is that when it comes to God, He doesn't just speak truth. He is truth. He is the source of truth. If we want to know truth about anything, we look to Him or to His Word. Why? Because he alone, again, is the source of truth. And this is where folks are messing up nowadays. They're trying to gain truth apart from, from the word. No, God doesn't just speak truth. God is truth. God is the source of truth. If I want to know something about marriage, the truth about marriage... Then I got to look to God. I got to go to the source of the one who created marriage between a man and a woman. And so then I have to say to a woman with a woman that what y'all doing is a lie. And the information that I got, I got from the source of truth. When a woman tries to be a man, I got to stop her in her tracks and tell her that you live in a lie. No matter how much woman you feel like a man is trapped inside of you, what's trapped in you is a lie. But because men are now moving from the truth, you have a great deal of confusion inside, listen to me carefully, of most churches. Because people have gotten away from the truth. See, you're blessed here because every Sunday that I stand before you, every time I preach and teach to you, you bless because I come from the Bible or the truth. I don't speak my own truth. I don't preach my own opinion. That's why I don't care how much you get mad at me. I will stay on the truth. And I'll speak the truth to your face. But see, we bless. Because there are people who attend church. But they're not getting the truth. They're getting jokes and lies. Because when you speak the truth, it will often cost you something. Come on, I said it often cost you something. You can speak the truth to somebody you thought was a friend. But because you gave them the truth, they treated you like an enemy. 
I know I'm right about it. There are plenty of y'all leave here mad and upset with me. Knowing that I have spoken the truth. See, one thing about the truth is that you can't back up off of the truth. No matter how close somebody is to you who lives outside of the truth. And see, people nowadays, they're back off of the truth because somebody close to them is not living the truth. I'm just going to teach it right. No matter how close somebody is to you, if they live outside of truth, you don't have to compromise truth for them. But see, this is what happening. Now people are saying, well, you know, I, 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 I felt like this gay stuff wasn't right. It ain't right with God. It ain't going to never be right with God. See, that's what you said until your daughter said she was. Now you're trying to compromise for your daughter. You try not to hurt her feelings. But if the truth hurts a person's feelings, teach it, Pastor, then their feelings need to be hurt. Because I didn't change until the truth hurt my feelings. Till the truth rebuked the way I was living. And the church is absent nowadays. Where are the preachers who preach the truth? And see, before him, he preached like that. They'll say, well, you know, his brother was caught up in that. So what? I don't care if my grandmama was caught up. I don't care if my mama caught up. I got to preach the truth. I come out here pregnant with the truth. Before you be seated, look at somebody and say, don't forget we are whole in this church. Look at somebody and say, don't forget we are whole in this church. Be seated. But now holiness folk are moving off the truth. I know I'm right. What is it to lie? To tell a lie. Let me give you two simple definitions. Number one, to lie is to say or to utter something false. To lie is to say it is to utter something that's false. It's falsehood. Number two, a lie is to be deceitful or, or deceptive. When a person is lying, they are being deceitful. He or she is being deceptive. And if God himself is the source of truth and we are God's children, then we need to strive to tell the truth. To be known as people who tell the truth. Listen, listen, listen. You and I got to strive to do that. That ain't no automatic thing. Because in me and in you lies 
the capability of lying. I'll teach you right. No matter how saved you are. I know too much Bible for you to convince me that it's automatic for you to tell the truth. Come on now. We are all capable of telling one. But for most of us who practice telling the truth, we consider it an insult when we speak the truth to somebody and they call us a liar. Come on. Most of us consider that an insult. We telling the truth. But the person says to you, you ain't nothing but a liar. Most of us take offense to that. Because again, we know we telling the truth. Y'all didn't get with me like I thought you were. I don't like being called a liar when I'm telling. And it means you don't get something straight. It's about to affect our relationship because what I'm saying is truth. And I don't like being called a liar. Even though I've lied in time past, I'm telling the truth right now. I'm trying to make something to you. I'm trying to make something plain to you. That if we've lied in time past, considered it an insult when we tell the truth and accuse of being a liar, God who cannot lie. Moses said in number 23 and 19 that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither son of man that he should repent. Has he said? Has he spoken? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? Paul said in Titus 1 and 2 that God cannot lie. I need to break this down a little bit more. Some of us, before we got saved, folk called us a liar. We got mad and we was lying. You are a lie. Oh, 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 them fighting words. The one thing you ain't calling me. And you know why you huffing and puffing. That they calling you out on your lie. But see, folk who are good and save, they shouldn't practice lying. Well, pastor, they had me in a corner. I don't care what they had you in. You shouldn't practice lying. I wasn't going to go here, but go to, go to Revelation 21. I'm going to make my way to this word. Go to Revelation 21. See, we, we, we're not supposed to practice lying. When you got saved, if you got saved right, you should have taken on new characteristics. We know what the old woman would do, but we're looking for the new woman. I'm looking for the new man. I know you used to lie all the time. See, this is how you have to preach out there. But when you get saved for real, you strive to tell the truth. And to you, there is no white lie, black lie, little lie, big lie. 
To you there is truth and there is. Well, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell all the... You lied. You were deceptive. You was deceitful. Now, I ain't never been a person just lie just to be lying. Though I hung with people like that before I got saved. They just lie, just, just make up lies. I basically lied when it benefited me. Don't look at me like that. I'm not saying I was right. And I was kind of good at lying. Because I knew how. Of all the time to give me an amen. <laughs> Let me get back to it. Yeah, I, I lied. But I lied when, it, when I felt like it benefited me. You know, I'm lying to get myself out of trouble. You said you wasn't there. I said I wasn't at the movies. What happened didn't take place at the movies. I never went to the movies. Oh, but you did what I, oh, I did. yeah, but see, it, we knew how to mix some truth. And we left the person thinking one thing when we knew in actuality you don't have the truth. But see, when you really get saved, you don't even lie when you feel a lie may help you. Because you no longer depend on yourself to get you out of trouble. You have a deliverer. Revelation 21. A preacher got to preach this hard about lying in church. There's yeah, something going on. There's yeah, something going on. Revelation 21 and 8. Notice what, notice what the revelator wrote. John. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, immoral sorcerers, idolaters, this is what I want you to see, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. See, what I want us to know is that all liars are going to hell. All liars. If you set up in church, but you a liar, you're going to hell. When you die, you will lift up your eyes in hell. No matter how many folk believe the lie you told here on earth. And see, since I made up in my mind that I'm not going to hell, that means that I'm not practicing lying. Come on. I said I'm not going to practice lying. 
I'm going to practice telling the truth. I'm going to practice being more like my father. You remember in John 8 what Jesus told the devil or told the devil's children? See, if you're a child of God, you practice telling the truth. If you're a child of the devil, then you practice lying. Well, pastor, we all God's children. See, that's a lie. That's a lie. We are all God's creation. Come on, you got to make it plain in church. Because this means everybody think they saved now. Even though they don't live a lifestyle of being such. Jesus told the, the group in John 8, he said, you are like your father, the devil. And I used to be a child of the devil. I got five or six. I was too. Amen. I know. Some of us just sitting there looking. But when it comes to the most high God, tell your neighbor again, he is the source of truth. Look at numbers. 13. Y'all hang in here. Let's go to Numbers 13. Verse number 1. Let's deal with our main text and then we're moving farther. Numbers 13 and 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send me and to spy out the land of Canaan which I am giving to the children of Israel. Now see, this move that God made only he can make because only he is the true original owner of everything. And so God is transferring, if you will, the title deed out of the hand of the sinner into the hand of the believer. Because the wealth of the unjust is laid up for the just. If you only knew who really owns stuff, if you really knew who was really in charge, you wouldn't beg man for nothing. You would just walk by faith and get what God has for you. He said, I'm giving them the land. I'm giving it to them. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 said, all of the promises of God in him are yes, in him, amen. He says, I'm giving them the land of Canaan. Giving them something that's good. You know why he got me preaching this, right? Do you know why he got me preaching this? Because he has something good for us. There is yet something that you have not possessed. There is something. 
that he still has for me. He says, I'm giving it to them. I'm giving it to them. The land of Canaan, the land of more than enough. I'm giving it to them. Notice this. By the time they spy the land and return, they are calling God a liar. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I got to let that sink. They calling him a liar. The one that said to them, I will deliver you out of Egypt. You are now out of Egypt. But yet what I have said, you don't believe. And see, I want us to understand, you don't have to call God a liar with your tongue. But many of you in your actions, you say to him, that he's a liar. When God speaks a thing. It's what you turn around and do. That says to him. You a liar. When you utter such nonsense. Out of your mouth. In reference to the promises of God. That he don't want to do it. You calling him a liar. When he's promised to bring you out. And you utter that you are never coming out. You're calling him a liar. When he said your situation will surely change. You have the audacity to say about your situation. That it's always going to be like this. And see, I never realized how many times I called him a liar. I wouldn't dare utter such things out of my mouth. But through my actions, I was saying to the Most High that you're not going to do what you told me you was going to do. And that's dangerous. I said, that's dangerous, church. It's dangerous to call God a liar. And most of the people in church who utter such nonsense do not recognize that not only is he the source of truth, but he will always do his part. I know I'm teaching right. I said you don't ever have to worry about God doing his part. Come on somebody. Many of you know that to be true. He'll do his part. I wish you tapped two phone. Tell him he'll do his part. Come on. You where you at now because he'll do his part. Come on. I said you're right where you are now which is a better place. 
enemies that were stronger than you did not defeat you because God did His part. What you couldn't do, God took care of. You here that morning giving Him praise in the sanctuary because He took care of what was bigger than you. Come on, come on, y'all, y'all better help me this morning. You better stop acting like you brought yourself to where you are. It was God doing His part. You better tell the whole story. You better tell the whole story. God did His part. How did y'all get that? How? Well, God did His part. He told me to go see it. He told me to go look at it. He told me to go touch it. Can I preach it right? For some of you, he told you to anoint it. But the way you got in, the way you got the keys, come on, the way you possessed it, he did his part. Be seated because I got to hear up. But the nerve of the Israelites... To call God a liar. You are in a season of better. If it's a season of better, why ain't seeing no better? You calling God a liar? And see, sometimes he'll have folk like Deacon Hill to testify. Because he know in the congregation, he got folk calling him a liar. So he'll use somebody to remind you that I ain't no liar. If I say better, I'll produce better. If I say stand still, if I say stand down, if you will stand down, if you will do your part. Well, Pastor, I just didn't want to testify. Well, that's you. Because I know God uses people to show people that he ain't no lie. What I said I was going to do, whoever believed me, I'm going to do it for them. Be seated. But Israel called God a liar. Notice, because we really got to get this this morning. In Numbers 13, 27, then they said to, they, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows. Notice that word truly. It truly flows with milk and honey. In other words, God, it is everything you said it would be. But then verse 28. But then they said, nevertheless. Nevertheless is the same word as but. It's a good land, but. Oh, the fruit is ripe, but. The cities are big, the cities are fortified, but. Nevertheless, listen, the people who dwell in the land are strong. See, their error 
when it came to the promises of God was that they gave consideration to that which was not a part of the equation of him giving them the land. Y'all let me teach you. When God spoke and said, I am giving you the land, then if you see him as the source of truth, listen, there is nothing else worth considering. Our problem is that when God makes us a promise, we error when we start considering things that have nothing to do with his promise. Listen, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying he gave them the land despite who he knew was already there. That's not to be considered. See, I preach and teach truth, but then you leave the church and you start considering things that's not a part of your better. Not a part of your bigger. God said he's going to do it, but now you're considering your job. He didn't tell you to look to your job. He said, I'm going to do it. Listen, I'm not being hard on y'all because I've made the mistake time and time again of looking at the promises of God, taking my eyes off the promise, and considering why the promise cannot happen. They started considering the giants. Notice. Tell your neighbor, they paid more attention to the giants than the promise. They had great details about the giants. They're in the south. So we're going to try to take the south. I'm trying to break down the text. We'll just go to, to the mountains. But when they went to the mountain, they, they in the mountains. Well, we won't get the mountain, we won't get the south, we'll get by the sea. But then they're by the sea. They're by the banks. So what God said is not so. Come on, this is what happens to us. You can't sleep because... Of what you're considering. When God make you a promise. If you don't be careful. What you set your mind on. What you choose to meditate on. What you choose to consider. Will have you worried so bad. That the hair on your head. Will start to hit the floor. Yeah. 
demons will grab you and turn you any which way but loose. Demons will twist your mind. And instead of you going forward, what you're considering has you going backwards. All they needed to do was just know that God was not a liar. That's all they had to know. Tell your neighbor, when you get a promise from God, all you need to know is that he's not a liar. Come on, somebody. That's all I need to know. God is not a liar. But they considered the giants. Notice verse 28. I'm about to get ready to close. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. And we saw the giants. Now in verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people. He tried to remind the people, hey, God is not a liar. Wait a minute. What are we saying about God here? But they would not listen to him. Are y'all hearing me? But in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against this people. And then they started to criticize themselves. See, when you and I don't see ourselves as God see us, then we see God as a liar. Listen, listen, this next thing I'm going to say is important. But the way you see God will never change him from being God. Come on. I don't care if you do see God as a liar. He's not a liar and it doesn't change who he is. But when I see God for who he is, it changes who I am. I said it changes who I am. What any man see about God will never change God. But how you see God, that's what determines what changes in your life and what remains the same. Did y'all understand that? Because God is perfect. God is flawless. God doesn't get better. There's no getting better with God. Look at Numbers 14. I'm in the clothes. Numbers 14. Verse 6, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes. They spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. How do we, how do God delight in us without faith? It is impossible to please him. How do God take delight in us when we live by faith? God delights in you when you take him at his word. When you believe him, he delights in you. Then he will bring us into the land. Notice what he said. And give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Important word. To rebel means to revolt. To revolt is a bold act of disobedience. 
What did I teach on Bible study? In Hebrews 3, 16 through 19. How they heard. Go back there real quick. Hebrews 3. Oh, we working with this. You got to work with this. Because there's folks sitting up in the church seeing God as a liar. Hebrews 3. Verse number 16. Note it. For who having heard. Hebrews in the New Testament toward the back of the book. I was here Wednesday night. For who having heard, rebelled. Do you see it? This is a reminder of what I just read. The Hebrew writer picked it back up again saying, For who having heard, rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry? Forty years. Was it not with those who sinned? Who corpses fell in the wilderness? To whom he did swear? That they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Tell your neighbor, when you call God a liar, you angry him. Say, we angry God. And see, I don't want to anger God. I want to, I want God to delight in me. Come on, somebody. I want to please him. I said, I want to please him by living by faith. Just as they considered what they should not have considered. It got them in trouble with God. Because they considered what they should not have considered, it angered God. I'm going to show you how we are supposed to do things. Are y'all ready? We are not to see God as a liar. Watch this. Go with me to the book of Romans. I'm closing. I got one more scripture we've done, but I got to show you this. Notice, notice Romans, the fourth chapter. Mm. See, I don't care what you're going through. You should never see God as a liar. Come on. I don't care if a report comes back that says to you, it's not getting better. You shouldn't see God as a liar. Come on, I don't care what nobody says to you. They should never convince you that God is a liar. Notice, notice Romans, the fourth chapter. Oh, this is important right here. Law, have mercy. Let's look at Abraham. Romans 4 and 19. And not being weak in faith. Not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Tell your neighbor, when God made the promise, when it was time for it to come to pass, Abraham was almost a hundred. Tell your neighbor, in other words, his body was shot. When he looked at Sarah, her body shot. 
I'm teaching right. But in all of that, he did not see God as a liar. And this is what some of us need to do to get a miracle. You need to stop considering things that don't matter. The only thing that matters is what God said. You need to leave this church saying the only thing that matters is what God says and whether or not I believe it. Look what the Bible said. He did not consider his own body. Look at this. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Already what? Y'all ain't even there. Already what? Already what? How you gonna give life out of something dead, Abraham? Abraham was trusting the God that could raise. I'm telling somebody, if you believe God, he's going to bring something out of what people thought was dead. A blessing about to come out of something people told you was over, said, and done. I'm trying to close it, but I know God talking to some people. Folk done told you to move on. They done told you forget about getting the victory. Imagine being almost a hundred. Your body dead. You looking at your wife in her, listen women, in her nineties. But you still looking for a son. I said you still looking for a son. I'm messing with somebody. I'm still looking for my miracle. I'm still looking for God to do what he promised me 10 years ago. I'm still looking for it to come to pass. Be seated. Listen. And he... And not being weak in faith. So here being weak in faith is when you start considering things that don't matter. He was not weak in faith. He did not consider, listen church, his own body. Already dead. When he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Preach to us, Abraham. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Watch and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform it. What did Joshua and Caleb say? He is, we are well able. Let's close in Hebrews. I want to break it down even further. Hebrews 11. Because I come to tell somebody, when God is about to do something great in your life, there will be challenges. 
I said there will be challenges. There will be things that will line up in front of you telling you it ain't going to happen. But that's what you got to know. I will not consider what you saying. God will give you something and he'll tell you what I'm about to do in your life. I don't want you to consider what's in your checking account. I don't want you to consider your savings account and what I'm about to do in your life. Come on here, somebody. And so when God says a thing, stop looking at the checking account. Stop looking at the same. Stop adding it up. Know that it is of What God going to do in some of you, he ain't going to do in the pill that the doctor prescribed. Because if you be honest, what the pill is doing is making stuff worse. But God said that he's going to do it. I'm closing right here. See, can y'all get this? See, can y'all handle Sarah? Hebrews 11 and 11. By faith. By what? By what? Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. See, a woman needs strength to conceive the seed. Her body has to be able not just to have the seed in her, but her body has to develop the seed. Come on. Her body has to carry the seed. Her body has to protect the seed. But when you look at Sarah, how can an old woman, how can a weak woman protect the seed? How can a weak woman carry a seed? How can a woman in her 90s get pregnant? Oh, God, and go through all the trimesters. Oh, come on here. That it takes to actually bring it to fruition. I'm preaching right, see, because I don't need a baby physically, but I need to be able to carry something and bring it to full term and burst it out. Despite all the abortion doctors around me telling me to abort it, I need to have strength to carry it. Do you hear me? So this would almost be a million dollar question. That if we get it, you'll always live above. Only and now it's gonna change your life in here today if you can get it. It's a million dollar question. How then did she carry the seed? How did she receive the strength to bring it into fruition? You know what I love about God? He didn't make none of this hard. Come on. I ain't insulting nobody. But what I'm about to say, you don't have to have a degree to understand. What I'm about to say, a child can understand it. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child. The Bible is going to tell you the truth about it. When she was past the age 
How? Because she judged him faithful who had promise. Sarah got to a point to where she looked at God and said, You can't lie. You're not a liar, but I judge you. I say to you that what you said about me, I judge you. Notice her words. Faithful. I judge you faithful. Now remember what I said earlier. How she judges God will never change God. But look how it changed her situation. God looked at Sarah and said, because you judge me faithfully. What you would have not been able to carry or to conceive. You ain't going to just get pregnant, Sarah. But here come Isaac, girl. When they look back on it, Abraham and Sarah named him Isaac, which meant laughter. God brought some joy in that woman's life. But when you judge him as a liar, you enter into a curse rather than a blessing. Amen. Look at somebody and say, don't call God a liar. Call him faithful. I'm done. Give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.